Welcome to the Success Addicts. You are stepping into a conversation where I ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life, business, faith, health, and more. So ask yourself this one question, are you ready to master your journey of success? In this episode, you will understand that having passion and purpose is the true driver behind success. David Meltzer has made it his mission to impact 1 billion people with the true driver being legacy and not the dollar bill. He's written books on the topic of bringing goodness to this world, and he is definitely walking the talk. And if I apply my why to the what, the who, the how, the now, I will accelerate in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future. Enjoy the episode, and fair warning, you may become addicted. Hi, David. It's an honor to have you on, as I'm sure many people know who you are, but this is an opportunity for you to tell your story, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm honored to have you on here. Well, thanks for having me, and it's always a pleasure to tell my story in the context of my mission. My mission is to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach people, to teach people how to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And there's too much dis-ease in the world uh, not just physical disease, but mental disease and even heart disease, meaning the feelings uh, that people have. And so on that mission is aligned with my journey and the lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, you know, I was born into a world of not enough. I had a single mom. She raised six kids, five boys and a girl, packed our dinner in a paper bag just so she could work two jobs and uh, education was the key to getting out of that situation and I wanted to be a professional athlete but luckily was born more with genetic and energetic inheritance on the academic side than I was on the athletic side Uh, but I wanted to be rich and I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car and everything in my world was I was the victim I had a mental uh, perception that, you know, everybody else was lucky to have the houses and the cars and the parents and all the things that I didn't have. And I was willing to do whatever it took so that I could get enough money to buy my mom a house and a car and take us out of, you know, the poverty and the scarcity that existed in Akron, Ohio. And I, you know, formulated a success criteria of being able to enjoy the consistent everyday persistent without quit pursuit of my own potential and you know i worked uh both athletically and academically i became a college football player quickly learned that that was as close to my potential as i would ever arrive and really started focusing on the academics and a couple of lessons that i learned through that was one with my older brother who was a doctor i went pre-med in college without ever knowing what a doctor uh, does and so my freshman year after my first football season i visited him and i looked around and i told him i said i hate hospitals he said what i go i hate hospitals he said you're going to be a doctor and you hate hospitals i said i want to be a sports physician i'll be on sidelines and locker rooms not hospitals And that's where he gave me probably the best advice anyone's given me to be more interested than interesting. And so I took that type of attitude towards my academics as I realized I wasn't going to be an NFL star and ended up in law school, still enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, which led me to 
two great opportunities when I graduated law school. One, to be an oil and gas litigator, make about $150,000 plus bonuses, or the other to work in the internet and uh, have a $250,000 comp plan. Both indicated to me if I was successful at them, I'd be easily able to buy my mom a house and a car. It was 1992. So that kind of money was a lot of money. Uh, I decided, uh, despite my mom telling me the internet was a fad, that uh, I would be uh, a salesperson for the internet. And, uh, you know, another lesson came out of that, which I tell a lot of kids today is, you know, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Uh, some of the most ignorant, arrogant people aren't the ones trying to hurt you. They're the ones trying to protect you. And that ignorant arrogance is, you know, they're giving you uh, advice based off of protecting you so you don't get your feelings hurt. You don't lose or, or work too hard or get hurt. Uh, and we have to be aware of that ignorant arrogance that, you know, most people uh, are ignorant. They don't know what they don't know. Some are humble and they ask for help. Others pretend like uh, they know, even though they don't know, and they cause us a lot of pain. But anyway, I took the sales job nine months out of law school. I was a millionaire and I entered a new world. No longer was I a victim. No longer was I living in a scarce world of not enough. But I entered a world of just enough, just enough for me a world where you could buy your mama house in a car. You could buy things that you don't need. You could buy different things you don't need. You could buy more things you don't need. You could buy things to impress people. You could buy people buy people, and buy things to impress people you don't even like. Uh, but in the end, you learn that in this world of just enough, keeping up with the Joneses, everything, even philanthropy, even humanitarian efforts are a trade or a negotiation. They always carry some sort of expectation because it's a not enough world and it's a zero sum game, even to giving, right? The more I give, the more I receive is a trade and negotiation. There's a zero sum to it that if I give, then I'm going to lose. And if I receive, I'm going to gain. Um, and I had to go through a great journey from uh, not only a, you know, an exit in 1995 of $3.4 billion with West Publishing to raising hundreds of millions of dollars on Sand Hill Road to being CEO of Samsung's first phone uh, division, the PCE phone, to running the most notable sports agency in the world where not only was I a multimillionaire, but I had access that billionaires didn't even have. And through that journey, I learned the real value out of the zero-sum game, out of not enough and just enough came an understanding as I lost everything in almost my life. I lost over $100 million in almost my wife. I lost everything to learn the most valuable lesson of more than enough, to have faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. No longer do I live in scarcity. No longer do I live in a zero-sum game. I live in a world of value-add, of more than enough. Value-add and appreciation I add value by appreciating everything with gratitude. I add value by acknowledging what I have. The only way you can acknowledge what you have is not to have it anymore. So whether I give it away, whether it's stolen, cheated, manipulated from me, acknowledgement is a process of adding value. And then finally, to ask for more. Uh, the key component and perspective that has shifted in my life is that when I ask for help, I am adding value to the person I am asking to help. I am not taking from them because there's more than enough of everything. I am just 
emptying my vessel, expanding my vessel and filling my vessel with more so I can give it, let it be stolen, manipulated or cheated from me, but acknowledge it. I acquire the knowledge by having a participation in the perception and learning lessons along my journey and a trajectory of what I think I want. And so whether you're living today in a world of not enough as a victim of just enough in a trade, a quid pro quo, where you live in a zero sum game, or you do live in faith like me in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, where there's something bigger than you that protects and promotes you and doesn't, doesn't ever punish you, a world of more than enough of everything to every, everyone, a value add world, whether you live in each of these worlds, you can enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential and live in abundance where people make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Wow. That's incredible. Um, very well said. Uh, so I, there's some things that stood out to me uh, in that, and I want to kind of dive into it. So it sounds like it sounds like the journey was all you know took a lot of different turns. Uh, you did a lot of different stuff. You realized why you were doing some of that stuff. It really didn't appe appeal to you. So can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I think a lot of people um, are a little cautious or fearful of you know maybe making the wrong turn and having to figure out where to go from there so can you talk a little bit about that yeah look you know like i said most people go through life uh taking advice from people that are trying to protect them uh people that are afraid more afraid for them than they are for themselves people are taking advice from ignorant people people that don't know what they don't know there's trillions of variables and so most people focus in on what other people want for them what they don't want or what's missing and then they get what other people want for them what they don't want or what's missing uh, i've lived my life uh, in a trajectory of what i think i want each day doing everything that i can to be productive accessible and gracious in alignment and also giving meaning to the divine moments and inflection points of my past i don't stumble on the roadblocks behind me i learn from the roadblocks behind me and i go ahead and give the meaning that's in alignment with the trajectory of what I think I want in the future, an unlimited future that I can have activities today that are limited by the 24 hours. So for me, always having an open mind and open heart and open hands, always asking for help. So I never really uh, put concerns on what other people thought about my profession or what I didn't want or what other people wanted for me. Uh, and through that process, I also did the work right i created uh i would say in football for example i represented some amazing athletes i always said their skills and their knowledge determine their desire i mean their skills and knowledge determine their basement their desire determines their potential and uh for me to have a law degree to graduate from you know one of the best law schools and undergraduate colleges and to have played sports in college i had a very high basement when it came to profession so if i screwed up and i was wrong that the internet was a fad if uh you know i was wrong when i met with justice scalia the supreme court justice who told me that nobody could ever do research on a computer that you needed books if i was wrong the worst thing that would happen for me, my basement was so high is I'd be a, a lawyer. I could always be a lawyer. Mm. And so a lot of people don't do the work. They go the extra mile every once in a while. And then they just justify why they're not where they want to be because they went the extra mile two weeks ago. I went the extra mile every day. I enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of my potential. So I was able, because I did the work to have a much higher basement 
which enabled me to make what other people saw unbelievable risky decisions when I had already mitigated my risk. I'd already done a timing and risk uh, assessment of my own career. And so each time that I moved to a different place from, you know, web one to web two to web three to running a law, uh, a sports agency to real estate to having a global marketing company with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon to building my own brand to doing two TV movies, writing books, speaking, coaching, all the things that I do is because I've done the work. I've gone the extra mile, not every once in a while, but every day I live in the empty mile where I have more options, more opportunities and touches of favor because I've done the work every day. And it's one of the great things, you know, that Gary Vee and I discuss is that, you know, he's not an overnight success. I'm not an overnight success. Uh, we're just two really consistent people that have elevated our basements and allowed ourselves to propel into what we think we want and learn lessons along the way to get there either more rapidly or more accurately with statistical success. And so what are some of the best practices that you can kind of uh, list off to be able to separate yourself from maybe the feedback from the people around you and maybe even some of the societal expectations? Um, how do you, How do we fully separate from that? Well, like I said, first we have to deal with our past. Right. When you talk about societal expectations, uh, we all have defining moments, inflection points in our past that have occurred to us, occurred to others or have been written in history. And we want to make sure that the meaning, because we give meaning to everything we see, that the meaning of those inflection points and defined moments are aligned with the trajectory of where we want to be. Then what we want to do is have five daily practices because the past is unlimited. The only limitation of the past is the meaning we give it. We want to deal with today because the only limitation of today is 24 hours, the man-made construct of time. So we want to utilize the 24 hours with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude by knowing what I want today in alignment with the meaning of the past, but also in alignment with what I think I want in the future. Know who I can help and who can help me because knowing who I can help uh, gives me statistical success by helping other people get to where they want to be and asking for help from people that are already there gives me an acceleration uh, to where I want to be. And then once I know my what and my who, I can figure out my how using those lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude so that I learn to know what's important to me in alignment of what I think I want in the future with the meaning that I give the past inflection points into five moments, meaning that when I prioritize, it's the antidote to procrastination. It's the antidote to feeling overwhelmed. It's a confirmation that I know what's important to me, not what's important to other people, what's missing or what I don't have. And if I know my what, my who, my how, and my now, I then, instead of searching for a why, like most people do, trying to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy, I am. I am that I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I can figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it and apply my why to the what, the who, the how, and the now. And if I apply my why to the what, the who, the how, and the now, I will accelerate in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, leaving my mind and heart and hands open for tomorrow to take the lessons from the what, the who, the how, and the now, and the why, and apply that to the next day to reprioritize my day and be as productive and accessible and gracious, which creates efficiency, effectiveness and statistical success in my life. 
So when you go back and you look at yourself before you started to ask for help, you know, what were some of the reasons that you didn't ask for help in the beginning? And and how did you come to the point to one, realize asking for help provided value in your life? And then two, figuring out the right way to ask for help. Is there a certain way to go about that? Yeah. So the biggest mistake of my past was not asking for help because I thought humility lied within doing it myself. And so I had to change my perspective that I was adding value to the person that I was asking for help from not taking away from them. So a lot of people have guilt, resentment, offense, separation, inferiority, even superiority to not allow them to ask for help. So once I got over myself, and realize that I'm not living in a zero-sum game. I'm not taking from someone. I'm adding value when I ask for help. I'm becoming an investment in the person that I ask for help or ask for someone that knows someone that can help me. I realize that the whole objective is to build a community of people who want to help each other or know people who can help each other. And so I created a template to ask for help. And it's really simple template. I'm happy to send it to everyone along with my book, David at dmeltzer.com. My first name, David at my first initial D. Meltzer's like seltzer with an M.com. David at dmeltzer.com. I'm happy to send this open-ended and open-minded uh, question template that allows us to ask for help. And it goes something like this. Find out what someone's doing today. Find out what they like about it. Find out what they don't like about it. And then you'll be able to figure out by knowing what they like and what they don't like, would it help you if I did this? And when they answer you and they continue to answer you as you have different suggestions of how you can be of service or value, you then transition your ability to be of service or value or knowing someone that could be of service or value to them to a very simple statement. Do you know anyone that can help me? Very subtle but strong statement of asking for help allowing people to apply one of the benefits of today's world where we all have a minimum of a thousand people in our network compared to when I was your age and we had a minimum of two people in our network, a card game, a poker game, a golf game, a church group, a men's group. But more importantly today, most people on average have a thousand persons. So every time you use the open-minded, open question template, you're expanding your community by a thousand people. A thousand people that you could be of service or value to, or you know someone that could be of service or value, and a thousand people that could be of service or value to you, or know a thousand people that could be of service or value to you. When you start aggregating and compounding this community upon itself, not only will you get the acceleration by knowing people that sit in a situation that you want to be in, but you'll receive a statistical success because you'll be able to elevate others into a position where they want to be in as well. Knowing the what, the who, the how, and the now, applying the why, aggregating, compounding, and accelerating where you want to be in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, an abundant world full of faith, knowing that there's something bigger than you, an omniscient, all-powerful infinity that loves you more than your mom. So there is no more punishment. There's no more scarcity, no more zero-sum game, just a value-add game of more than enough for you in protection and promotion. And it comes disguised as pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes. And when those occur in your life, just realize I am, and I am protected and promoted, and I am part of something bigger than me that loves me more than my mom. No, that's incredible. So just to top off here, what is your definition of success? The enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent, without quit, 
pursuit of your potential, not other people's, not what's missing or what you don't have, your potential. And if you accelerate in a trajectory towards your potential, your truth, I promise you, you will be a success. No, that's incredible. And what would be your top book recommendation? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, a great entrepreneur, first place to start, best recommendation. I read it every day, 54 years old, I've been reading it for 30 years, and it unravels itself like an onion, more and more lessons, more and more enlightenment, more capabilities of character in order to help you enjoy that consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential to make more money, help more people, and have more fun. No, incredible, David, and, and your intelligence is appreciated. Um, I guess just to top off for the last minute or so, is there anything that you want to promote or, or talk about in regards to what you're up to today? Look, reach out to me. I have more free books, guides, exercises. I do free Friday, Friday trainings for over 23 years. Replays are available. I have a group that everybody can join on Mondays. I do Ask Me Anything. I do IG Lives. All you got to do is Google me, David. Meltzer or email me directly. I answer myself. If you want my book, I'll sign it, send it to you, pay for the book and shipping. I am here to empower you to make more money, help more people and have more fun. Just email me, David at dmeltzer.com. Thanks, David. I really appreciate the time. And I know I found value. So I know the audience will as well. Um, keep in touch and you know, look forward to continuing the conversation. I would love it, Lenny. Come join us, join our group, join our training. Everybody out there, join Lenny and I. Thanks so much. Remember, most importantly, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to yourself and do good deeds. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thank Andy. you. Thank you. As you can tell, David Meltzer has been through many hoops and hurdles, but every time has come out more empowered to make an impact. He has a coaching course that you can join and get direct access to his knowledge and expertise. You can find David on Instagram at David Meltzer and follow me on Instagram at Lenny underscore Pisano to stay up to date on new episodes. And I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.